the single best decision I have ever made in my entire life was to become consistent in the gym. Hi, welcome to episode five of Backs of All Trades. This episode, all about the gym. The high-level overview of this episode is I'm going to be talking about my personal gym story, initial motivations, how I got to where I am today. I'm going to talk about BS in the fitness industry because I think it's so ripe for misinformation, scams, etc. I'm going to talk about why you should work out if you don't already, the benefits, both health and non-health related. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about the best way of actually becoming consistent in the gym and actually becoming someone who works out because I think that uh, there's a lot of barriers to entry there. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you, make sure it's like comment, subscribe. It really helps me out with the algorithm. Let's get into it. First, talk about my personal journey. Um, so I started working out when I was 15, but to talk about why I started working out, we have to go even further back, which is when I grew up, I was fairly insecure about my body. Um, not, I was never bullied. I was never anything like that, but I was insecure. Uh, I was always really skinny. So, uh, prior to working out, I'm, I'm a tall dude. I'm six foot two at the time. I was probably around six feet tall, but I was 150, 155 pounds. So a fairly light person. And, um, I just, I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel attractive. I definitely was not confident. Um, I have a whole episode talking about how the gym helped to change my confidence. It's episode one. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. But point being, uh, I was not someone that I was proud of when I looked in the mirror. I was always really good at school, but that's really kind of all I had going for me. And uh, this manifested itself in a couple different ways. Uh, even I tried to play sports. I mean, I you know tried out for the basketball team and didn't get it because I wasn't aggressive enough, which there's some truth to that, right? I didn't really feel comfortable trying to like box people out and stuff like that. Um, I just wasn't heavy enough. I wasn't confident and same thing goes for all other sports. Uh, so the one sport that I did play was cross country or <laughs> did was cross country and, uh, super, super skinny and it was all right. Um, I didn't necessarily love it, but it was a way to stay active. Uh, but I always knew that I kind of wanted to get stronger. Um, and then another motivation for me was absolutely that, I wanted to become more attractive. I think that there's a lot of dialogue around whether you should or should not work out for girls in this case, right? If you're a guy, should you work out so that you are more attractive to girls and then vice versa? And I think it's fine. Like, I think that every teenage boy at some level wants to work out so that he can get buffed to look better to girls. I think that's fine. I think that's stupid to be like, oh no, you should do it purely for yourself. Uh, I think that eventually it should be intrinsically motivated, but I think that having some initial motivation to just do it for the opposite sex, I think is totally fine. And I was absolutely in that camp. So all that to say, by the time that I got into sophomore year, uh, I knew that I wanted to get bigger, uh, but didn't really know how to do it. Had never really worked out consistently. And the only sport I had done was cross country. So when I finally started working out, it was sophomore year. I was 15 years old and I took a weights class in high school. If you were not playing a sport, then you had to do something athletic wise. And so I chose weights. Um, and it helped that I had a really, really good coach. So I knew nothing about the gym, nothing about diet, nothing about form, nothing about anything, right? How the machines worked. And I get in and there's this coach who's six, four yoked out of his mind, uh, really like soft spoken dude, but just basically a very good male idol for a teenage boy. And, uh, fairly quickly, he 
essentially sat me down and he's like, I see a lot of myself and you and uh, stick with it. It's worth it. And um, he then that semester, I learned everything that I needed to about actually just working out at a very basic level, right? How to have proper form on all the machines, all the exercises. And that's a hard barrier to entry for a lot of people. And it helped that I had to do it. I got to do it in a safe environment, right? As opposed to like having to go to a public gym and learn that all on my own. And so um, I'll talk about that later. But uh, that was a really pivotal moment for me. And I immediately fell in love. So I gained probably like 20 pounds my first year. But I will say that most of it was, some of it was probably muscle. I definitely got a lot of newbie gains, um, but a lot of it was also probably fat because I started consuming then a lot of other fitness media and I definitely turned into a bit of a meathead, so to speak. And I would say that I was entering my meathead phase, right? These are, this is my phase where I would bring my supplements to class. I would uh, talk about virtually nothing but the gym. The only type of content on YouTube, et cetera, that I would consume was fitness content. I would wear tank tops. Um, and generally, these people are kind of obnoxious when they make the gym their whole personality, um, which I definitely did for a portion of my life. And the year or two following first starting working out, I did. And um, I think that's fine. It's just, it's what I would call the honeymoon phase of working out. Um, but I think every guy goes through it and, uh, that, that was me there, but I didn't actually really have any change of personality quite yet. As far as when I actually started seeing progress, I would say that around like the 10 week mark is when I really started noticing change in my bodies and I was immediately hooked. Um, you know, I knew that this was my passion. This is something I had finally found the thing that I was not only good at, but really enjoyed doing when it came to something athletic. And previously I hadn't done that in any sport. Right. So then I continued to work out consistently for around one and a half years, I would say. So I started fall of sophomore year, but it was when I was coming back after summer before senior year that I really started to get some attention. And it was attention that I wasn't necessarily used to before. Uh, this was attention from girls and attention from the popular kids, popular kids, uh, talking about, oh, you know, wow, you put on so much muscle. What's your secret? what's your workout plan? Um, girls generally just showing more interest. And I don't know if that's because I generally became more confident or it truly was my body. It was probably a mix of both. Um, but this external validation started coming in and it felt really, really good. And I talk about this concept in my first episode, all about confidence. Um, but it's important to bring up here again, because I think it was really driven by the gym. And so senior year, I went to this school with the same people for seven years. So they already had preconceived notions of me, but that was starting to change a little bit. But uh, a bigger drastic change was when I actually went to college, right? Because when I showed up on college campus, people didn't know me from high school. And so they just knew me now as the buff guy, right? And uh, this was something that was very new for me uh, because I was in my head, the skinny guy who then looks a little bit different now, but I showed up on campus and people were like, oh, you know, oh, this guy's huge. And when I was going around and rushing fraternities, people were like, oh, the buff guy. And uh, that was really cool. But again, it, it was sort of confirming a new identity that then the one I had in my head um, definitely cared a little bit too much about my looks at this point. I would say that I was still kind of in my meathead phase, uh, less so on actually like pushing really, really large numbers of weight, which I'll go into 
into later, but more so in just like, I need to look perfect. I need to dial in and uh, thinking that my diet had to be flawless and I couldn't engage in anything like drinking or anything because those were empty calories. And if you believe that, that's fine. Like go ahead. Uh, but I think that I had no balance to my life, right? I had let it consume so much of my life. Um, that it was uh, the only thing that was maybe, it may not even be interesting, but it was the only thing I cared about, right? And I don't think that's helpful either. And so uh, it was not until probably sophomore year of college that I started to ease up a little bit. And I started to realize and really get into my groove of, hey, I've now been working out by that point five years, right? And so I had my routine. I had what I like to do. I knew my diet and I knew what worked for me. And I think that it takes a long time to get there. But once you do get there, it's really nice because then it can kind of take a back burner in your life, which it did for me. I had built up such a consistent pattern that now I would go to the gym basically on autopilot. So a lot of people struggle when they say, oh, how do you balance going to the gym with college, with being in a fraternity, with getting good grades, right? Well, the gym was a non-negotiable for me and it still is. And so when it is as important to me as eating, sleeping, studying, getting my work done, I will find time. And I always have found time. In fact, you know, it's eight years now that I've been lifting and I have not gone a consecutive seven day period without a workout since I started in August of 2015, right? So that's a huge deal. Consistency is the secret, which I'll get into later, but, um, by that point, I had realized, okay, I'm going to be doing this for years, hopefully decades. And so focusing less on the small term, focusing on less on, oh, well, does this single meal fit my macros or uh, is alcohol empty calories, so on and so forth. Uh, it, it was sort of my last arc into what I would say lifting for just me, right? I'm no longer lifting for attracting women. I'm no longer lifting to get the biggest I possibly can. I'm lifting for health. I'm lifting to look good, feel good. And, um, that's kind of where I still am now. So I'm would say that I'm more or less maintaining the physique that I have now. Um, because that's, what's important to me is something that I can do for decades, something that I can continue to do in my thirties, forties, fifties. And it has so many benefits related to health, which I'll also get into later. But that is uh, where I'm at now. And so here we are today, and I'm six foot two, 210 pounds, have, uh, I would say, a respectable physique. And um, I look back on my gym journey, and I think that I went through the phases that I think everybody goes through, which is the I want to work out for girls or for some initial motivations. Uh, then there's the meathead phase of, oh, I just want to lift as much as possible and buy all the gym gear and consume only fitness media. And then, you know, you start to realize, oh, okay, maybe my whole personality shouldn't be the gym. And then lastly is, okay, now I, I, this is just part of my life. It's not my entire life. And, uh, I do it because I enjoy it. And, um, hopefully, you know, everyone can get to that point. Eventually there are people who are led astray at certain points, which I'll talk to in a second here. Um, but that's my gym journey. And so now I want to talk more about, uh, some of the fitness industry that, it, that I would call BS, right? BS in the fitness industry. I think that this industry as a whole, as it becomes even more and more popular, people are realizing that it is very lucrative and 
I can't even begin to describe how much just crap there is in this industry, but I'm going to try to. And so these are some stuff that you should avoid or stuff you should be on the lookout for um, when you are basically you know, at a susceptible time in your life, especially if you're a teenage male. I don't think you truly realize just how uh, impressionable you are. And so hopefully you can have a critical eye when it comes to these things. Um, the first thing is just gym bro culture in general, I think can be incredibly toxic. Um, I, I mentioned lifting for girls, right? Um, which is fine. Uh, the truth of the matter is that you don't have a body problem, you have an insecurity problem, right? Because there are, are guys who are very skinny, who are very attractive to women. There's are guys who are overweight and are very attractive to women, right? So clearly it's not the body, right? It's an insecurity problem. It's a confidence problem. And, um, I did a whole episode on confidence, episode one, uh, but thinking that just lifting will solve your problems with girls is totally and completely incorrect. Um, and so there's a whole cohort of people out there that I would call gym cells, right? A play on the incels, but gym cells who are these people who focus so much on the gym that they actually devote any energy that they would towards self-development purely towards the gym and don't do any internal work and don't do any work on their actual confidence, charisma, et cetera. And then they look great, right? These people are, you know, have insane physiques and yet still don't get any attention from girls. And you might be like, well, why is that? It's because that's all they focused on. And that itself does not solve anything. And what's really sad is some of those people then will not be able to realize that. And they'll still think that it's their body. And that's where things like body dysmorphia arise from, right? Thinking that you aren't good enough, even though you're massive or have an insane physique, right? And literally what you see in the mirror doesn't reflect what you see in your head. And, um, this leads people to go down very dangerous routes of maybe taking like PEDs, steroids, and other things that can negatively affect your health just because you haven't correctly identified what the problem is because getting bigger and bigger won't make you happier, nor will it make you more attractive towards the opposite sex, right? All that stuff needs to be internal work. I think I truly believe that the a lot of the fitness influencers, but even just people who are your biggest dude in the gym are some of the most insecure people because it's not from a place of self-betterment at that point. It's from a place of self-hatred, right? And if you're going to the gym because you hate yourself, then that's a totally different type of thing that you need to work through than going to the gym because you want to improve yourself. Does that make sense? Really quickly, if you're enjoying this episode about the gym, please make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment below. It really helps me out with the YouTube algorithm as I'm trying to grow. And if you're on any podcast platform, please give me five stars. Now let's get back into the episode. I think that also there's a really negative culture around shaming other people. It's, it's so almost funny to me that many of the men who, um, you know, talk about women in really terrible ways will critique the smallest things on other people's bodies, right? If you just go to a fitness person's Instagram comments, it's, egregious how what the random people behind anonymous photos are saying about another person's body. It's just so negative and I don't like that culture at all. It only further contributes to the problem that I was just mentioning. And so truthfully, in my opinion, when I go into the gym, 
I am just, I respect everybody who's in there. I respect everybody who's working out because they're choosing to improve their self and improve their health, regardless of what they look like, regardless of how far along they are in their gym journey. I don't care if you're benching the bar, right? I'm not going to judge you because you're in there and you're working. And I think that that's the vast majority of people. And the people who are judging are those who, again, have self-loathing and they're projecting their own insecurities onto other people. The really insidious thing about the fitness community is that they will then prey on these insecurities to sell you BS, right? I think that it is such a lucrative market for scams and stuff that you may think matters. And so I'm here to clear out a lot of stuff and tell you that it straight up does not matter. Uh, Supplements, right? Do supplements help? Some of them, yes, right? Creatine is the most well-documented, well-researched supplement of all time. And yes, it does have impacts on your muscle growth. Uh, Same thing with protein if you wanna do protein powder and virtually every other supplement, do your own research. But here's the thing, it is such a small percentage of how your physique will actually look comes from supplements. The vast majority is from genetics, your actual workout, like your intensity and how you're working out and your diet, what you're actually fueling your body with. And so I think a lot of people will see somebody who's yoked out of their mind and, or who looks great. This is both men and women, by the way, and say, they look great. I want to look like them. They're selling me this product, right? And even if deep down, you know, okay, that's not going to work. Like I'm, I'm smarter than that. It's really powerful what the brain does, and you almost give them credibility just based on how they look, which is false. That doesn't make any sense, right? I need you to understand that, that just because somebody has a great physique doesn't mean you should buy their supplement. You're not going to look like them, and it may literally be harmful. The the example I'll use here is I think that pre-workout, if you you guys don't know what pre-workout really is, it is a ton of chemicals that puts your nervous system into hyper overdrive, right? It is so much caffeine, beta alanine, uh, and a bunch of other chemicals that are designed to make you as vascular as possible and just hype you up as much as possible. And it can give you good lifts. But where I caution people is if you're a teenage male, girl, whatever, that amount of caffeine can be very dangerous. Same thing if you're older, right? Because this is not what your body is meant to have in its system. And uh, especially when you're young, you can feel invincible and you can start taking different things and not really understanding what you're putting into your body. I personally did this, right? This is an anecdote. I went through a phase where it was in college actually, where I was taking pre-workout before my gyms. I was also drinking coffee throughout the day. And then I would have an energy drink before I would go out and, you know, on the town at night. And I started getting bloody noses. And I remember my heart would beat super, super hard. And I looked great, right? That's the thing. My physique looked, you wouldn't know that I was unhealthy. And I didn't even know at the time that it was because of the pre-workout, but I would get up to like four or five bloody noses a day. Right. And I actually contacted my doctor and was saying, Oh, what do we need to do here? We were talking about cauterizing my uh, vessels in my nose. When in reality, I was just abusing stimulants. And so be very, very careful with this stuff. And the person who's selling you this, they aren't thinking about you. They don't care about you. They care about the sales and what you're doing to their back pocket. And so they'll sell you anything. They'll sell you snake oil if you'll buy it. So you need to be very careful. And supplements are such a small factor that I would say that you shouldn't even worry about supplements if you don't have everything else in order. And if you aren't worrying about like competing, if you just want to look better, 
focus on getting consistent in the gym, focus on getting your diet right, right? Far more important than supplements. The next thing is online training of any kind and sort of, oh, what's your routine, bro? What's your routine? And these people will try and sell you their PDFs or their online coaching. The amount of Instagram online coaches there are now are ridiculous and I think they're all BS. And here's why. A routine, there is no magic routine. There is no magic set range. There is no magic rep range. There is no magic combination of different exercises that will make you look amazing, especially when you're talking on the time horizon that I'm talking about, right? I want to look good for decades, decades. And so it doesn't matter if I do 12 sets of this exercise and then 14 sets next week and then four sets the next week, right? I go based on what feels good to me. But what does Joe Schmo? who just happens to be very ripped and maybe even on PEDs, what does he know about a magic routine that he's going to coach you to turn you into Superman, right? He doesn't know anything. That's the answer. He doesn't know anything. I don't even care if he has a degree in exercise science or whatever, or a a personal training certificate. Those are very easy to get, by the way. Um, Routines themselves, you need to, are more or less all the same too. The chances are that they're selling you a PDF that is identical to another PDF that they sold another client and called it tailored to you is very high. And so you need to stop listening to people just because they look a certain way and understand that I I think that part of the motivation here is that when you buy something, you're more likely to stick to it, right? Oh, if I buy the program, then that's a program for me and I'm going to stick to it. But if you can get over the hump and you don't have to buy it, then just do it yourself, right? Look up. So there are so many free programs. And even then, like I said, I don't even use a program. And the reason why is I've worked out for so long. I know what my body likes. I know what my body takes. And if you can just build up that wealth of knowledge of what works for you, what all the exercises are, how to use every machine, then you'll be great. And you don't need a program from anyone. And I promise you that. I mentioned it briefly before, but there is a subset of people in the fitness industry who take steroids or other PEDs and um, will use this and they, they don't disclose this and then use it as a way to sell you stuff, right? As a false promise of, hey, you can look like me if you do these things, if you buy my program, if you buy my supplements. And that is just straight up dishonest marketing because there are people who have physiques that you could never, ever attain naturally because they are using performance enhancing drugs. And I wish that I have nothing wrong with people who take steroids, by the way, as long as you disclose it, right? There are risks to your health. There are risks to everything. And if you just say, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, I do take performance enhancing drugs. I still stand by all of the other things I'm saying. Then I think that's a fine disclaimer. I have nothing against it. No moral objections to it. It's the people who use it as a way to sell it to impressionable young people that I think is really bad. And it is so many damaging effects because then there's kids who look at somebody who's on steroids and think, I need to look like that. And when they don't look like that, then they start feeling bad about themselves because they're saying, oh, well, he just does these workouts and he looks great. Why don't I look like that? And they start generating body dysmorphia because they have a mis- they have a misconception on what's actually achievable naturally. And then it can actually lead these people to then going out and seeking out doing performance enhancing drugs. So they might try something like SARMs, the amount of teenagers I know these days that try SARMs or steroids. If you are putting anything exogenous 
right? Anything that's from outside your body into your body that affects your hormones, there could be possibly very negative side effects. And you need to know that. But the problem is teenagers think, oh, I'm invincible and all that stuff. And I just want to look good. I just want to get big, especially after seeing a lot of these people and they can do stuff that irreparably damages their body. And so do not take steroids do not take SARMs. I do not condone these things because of the possible negative side effects. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that I, again, I have no moral objection to them, but I do have the, almost the onus to communicate the very real consequences of doing them. I would never do steroids. I would never take PEDs because they don't align with my goals, right? I don't need to be as big as possible. And again, going back to the other one, be, just getting bigger won't make you happier. It won't make you more attractive. It makes me sad that one of my hobbies is so ripe for BS and scams and everything, but there is so much positive to it that I want to talk about and just the benefits of working out, right? Why should you work out, especially if you don't already, that I want to talk about. Some of these are fairly common. Some of these are less common, right? So firstly, literally can make you more confident, right? I talked about this in episode one, but it was a pivotal moment for me in terms of just building my natural confidence of I looked better to myself in the mirror and that helped a lot. Uh, it can also make you more attractive. That's true. I, I talked about how you won't necessarily get more attention from girls, uh, but to some degree you will, uh, to some degree that just looking better does matter. Looks do matter, right? And, um, those are some of the like the less important stuff, but I want to talk about some of the stuff that I think is more important, which is that it teaches you that you're capable of committing to something long-term. This was a huge deal for me, right? Because before that, I was not competitive. I had quit basically every sport I'd tried. The only thing I was good at was school, but I wouldn't take risks. I wouldn't do anything that I was uncomfortable doing. I really do credit the gym for a lot of my strides that I've made in other areas of my life. You know, I can now public speak. I can walk into a room and people respect me and they want to listen to what I have to say. And part of that might also be my stature, right? I don't want to disagree or I don't want to ignore that. But part of it is also just how I speak and how I deliver my words. And that is fundamentally differently than the person I was before I started lifting. And lifting didn't necessarily have to be the thing that everyone does for that transformation. But for me, it was, right? And, um, I know that I can put my mind to something that's difficult and achieve great things. And I truly believe this has helped me in stuff like my technical interviews for my software engineering job, because I can speak with such confidence and know that even if I don't know everything that's going on, or there's a possibility of failure, I have more confidence going into those types of situations because of what I've taught myself in the gym, right? Casual encounters with really powerful people. I think a lot of people, when they meet someone that they sort of idolize or someone who they believe to be above them, right? Could be the CEO of a company, could be a celebrity, whatever. I don't treat them like that. And I know that sounds weird, but I know they're human. They know I'm human. And actually even the the unspoken truth of just me being a buff dude is there's a level of respect that you offer these types of people because it signals hard work and it signals a bunch of stuff uh, as sort of an honest indicator that I've had people who I've now become friends with who are very, very powerful. And in our first interaction, oh, you know, wow, you're really in shape. And so that sort of opens the door to a conversation. It tells them that I'm hardworking, I have grit, and I can commit to something long term. And I didn't have to say anything, 
right? That cannot be understated. Um, that's sort of the non-health related benefits here, but there are so many health related benefits too. You quite literally age slower, right? There's your biological age and then there's your physiological age, right? What, how, literally how long have you been alive on this earth? And then what does, what story do your cells say about how far you are along on the decaying process, right? And if you just work out, you are something likely to live nine or 10 years longer than somebody who is inactive. And it, just doing a 30 minutes of exercise three times a week reduces your all-cause all mortality rate by a significant percentage. It is unbelievable how beneficial just doing a tiny bit of exercise is, and obviously the more the better, but the amount of people who do nothing it blows my mind and then don't truly understand how negative it affects their health. What else does working out do? It literally raises your testosterone in, in men. Uh, I did a previous episode where I talked about how masculinity is in crisis. Go check it out if you haven't already seen it. Working out will literally increase your testosterone. I talked about how male testosterone was cratering. Doing high resistance training can trigger growth hormone, it can trigger the production of these hormones that make you more of a man, that give you more drive, generally make you healthier as a man as well. And so it's more than just like, oh, my heart health, right? No, this can have profound impacts in other aspects of your life, your sex drive, uh, your ability, your overall strength, et cetera, right? It lowers working out lowers your risk of diabetes heart disease cancer all of these really high killing diseases in america and you just have to look at it right obesity inversely correlated with exercise and the more obese you are obviously the more higher risk you are at these things but even if you're that sort of like skinny fat i think a lot of people don't realize just how fat they are you may look skinny but you could be 20 25% body fat as a male right and anything above 25 is overweight uh, or actually the closer you get to it it's actually closer to obese but point being uh just working out lowers your risk of these silent killers in america by such a drastic degree. Uh, it lowers your risk of even neurodegenerative diseases. If you work out, you're less likely to experience a stroke, to experience other common diseases like dementia and other neurodegenerative diseases are linked with inactivity, right? This is so important. So this is where I talk about stuff on a larger time frame, right? Because this stuff is hard to think about when you're young. But this is why I'm not really into the whole bodybuilding thing is because I work out because it's for decades, for decades, right? It's easy to think when you start working out at 15, I want to be buff by 15 and six months, but you're going to live until your eighties, right? Probably. And so you need to be able to think on a longer time horizon and look how beneficial this stuff is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how, if you just start working out when you're 15, 16 and then keep up and it doesn't have to be a crazy routine. You don't have to be lifting six days a week, but if you just lift three, four days a week and do some cardio and have a routine that you keep for decades, you will live longer. Your life will be better. You'll be less likely to become immobile when you're older in life and you owe it to your future self to make that investment. Now your health is the basis for everything that you do. And bodybuilding, in my opinion, it kind of goes too far 
because you actually start sacrificing your health again. When you talk about taking, you know, PEDs or steroids, then you're sacrificing your health. If you're doing it naturally, then you get to such low levels of body fat that it actually starts to impact your health negatively as well. Your hormones will crash, um, right? If you're a natural male trying to bodybuild, your natural testosterone will be so, so, so low. Uh, you will have no sex drive. And generally, your quality of life is just much worse, especially in those cutting months and hours. Um, and then so you just have to look, I mean, you can look at the headlines at how many bodybuilders die at a young age. It's really sad. Um, I respect the sport entirely, but again, I think that that is taking it to such an extreme that it starts to negatively affect your health again. So I personally am not too interested in that. That being said, I want to talk about sort of the best ways to get into the gym because so many people are like, okay, now, you know, you told me about the BS, you told me about your story, you told me about all the healthy stuff, but I, I've tried to get in the gym and I've never really stuck with it, or I've never tried, but I'm too scared. So first thing I wanna talk about is the best way to not get into the gym, right? The worst way to get into the gym is to go into a gym, a public gym, where you're insecure, you have no plan, you just sit down on different machines, you're putting weight that you don't know how much I can do, okay, that's too heavy, okay, that's too weak, going really hard for you know 90 minutes, two hours, because I'm gonna get in the gym, I'm gonna get buff, it's my New Year's resolution, whatever it is, and then you walk out and you're so sore, you're maybe sore for a week, or you risked injury, right? Especially if you go way too heavy, you could actually injure yourself, you didn't warm up properly. And that's not the way to do it, right? There is a learning curve here, and arguably a steep one, which is why when I talk about entering the gym, and if you look at what I did, right, you need to spend a concerted effort, and actually a consistent, like a long amount of time in my opinion, learning as much as you can, you don't even have to necessarily work out, but I would say either hire a coach, and if you can't hire a coach, you can go on YouTube, but you need to learn what the machines do. What muscles are the machines working? Okay, so then it's like, uh, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna try and correct my form on everything. Does that feel good? It's gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel weird when you first start out, but you're basically building the library of exercises in your head of this machine is for that, this is how I use it, and go super light on weight, right? And so, the, again, you're gonna be doing this for decades. There's no need to go 100 miles an hour right out the gate. Ease into it. And then what I would say is look up a beginner workout plan. Do not buy one because there is so much free information out there that is so good that you can find them on YouTube, on just Google it. I'm sure there's a PDF out there, a free one. And uh, most you know young boys will do what they would call the bro split. The bro split is like a muscle group. So it'll be like chest day, shoulder day, arm day, back day, leg day, right? That would be like a bro split. Then there's push-pull legs, which is what I personally do, where it's pushing movements, then pulling movements, then legs, rinse and repeat. Uh, but there's so many different variations. Do not buy one, but just follow it, right? And if don't try and go, if you have barely have any time, right? Don't try and go two hours, four days a week. It's not gonna work. And so you're not gonna be consistent. And then when you fail, you're gonna not wanna go back, right? Start with something like 30 minutes, three times a week, right? Everybody can do 30 minutes, three times a week. And you don't even need to go to a gym. If you can't even afford a gym membership, look up a calisthenic workout on YouTube, right? The most important thing is to get consistent. You need to build a routine that you can do for a long time. The secret to looking the way that I do 
is it's not my workout routine. It's not my diet. It's not the supplements I take. It's the fact that I've been working out for eight years, eight years, right? And you know, people might say, oh, you know, genetics, your genetics are good. I can put up a photo, but this was me a year and a half into lifting consistently. I mean, I might have some muscle in this photo, but not that much. I'm not what anyone would call buff, right? So people like to look at the end product and be like, oh, what's his secret? The secret is eight years of consistently lifting. That's it. And so you need to find your routine that you can be consistent in. Uh, make it a non-negotiable, right? I talked about like, oh, you know, how do you balance studying and work and blah, 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 right? If it is as important to you as it is for me, if it's as important as eating, sleeping, studying, getting your work done, you will find time. You will. And so some days might be worse than others. Like I might go into shorter amounts. Some days I might not go at all if I really don't have to, but not going one day doesn't matter on the scale of eight years, right? But if you go for a month and then skip a month and then skip three months and then go back for another month and then skip another six months and then go back for a month, you'll look like you've never worked out in your life, right? Consistency, that's what matters. When you really think about it, that just makes sense. It's just physiological, right? Your body builds muscle based on what it thinks it needs, the strain that it's receiving, the external strain. It says, I need to be this strong to keep up with this external strain. And so if you just quit for six months, your body's not going to put energy. Muscle is expensive to keep around calorically. And so your body is not going to keep that around if it doesn't think that it needs it anymore. So I would rather you work out 30 minutes, three times a week for decades, than work out for a month straight once a year. Does that make sense? Um, learn the general macros of stuff, right? If you don't know what a macro is, it stands for macronutrients, which is essentially carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Um, try and get in around a gram of protein per pound of body weight. For a lot of people, that sounds really hard. Uh, there are a lot of ways you can do it, but uh, that's really what matters. I think a lot of people, when they say, oh, I eat so much, I eat so much, especially if you're a, a hard gainer, which is a term used for people who are skinny, who struggle to gain weight, um, you are not eating enough. If you are not gaining weight, you are not eating enough. It is that simple, full stop. There is no other excuse. I don't care if you eat all more, like, I don't care if you eat a lot more than your friends. I don't care if you think you eat so much that it's impossible you're not gaining weight. If you are not gaining weight, you are not eating enough. You are you yourself are not going to break the laws of thermodynamics, right? And same goes for if you want to lose weight. If you want to lose weight and you think, oh, but I'm barely eating anything, you are not eating small enough. You need to eat less. It's that simple. Calories in versus calories out. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of foods that I think people assume are healthy that maybe aren't healthy or ones that people assume aren't healthy but are healthy. For example, I love burgers, right? <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I eat a lot of burgers. And yes, the red meat and high cholesterol, and that's probably a thing, but dietary cholesterol has nothing to do with blood cholesterol, whole other story. But point being, a burger really is just like protein. And then you can put on, if you put on a bunch of crap sauces, yeah. But no, just a burger itself is not that bad, right? It's just fat and protein. And as long as it's a high protein, low fat burger, that's actually way better for you than a gigantic Caesar salad with a ton of dressing on it. And for some reason, people think that the Caesar salad is healthier, right? So you need to learn those things. That's all through your own education. If you're wondering how I learned all this, by the way, YouTube online sources. Um, I'm trying to congregate a lot of it here, but YouTube and other sources. So it's out there, right? You just have to go out and do the research on your own.
Um, find out what your maintenance calories is, right? If you're not gaining any weight, then you're probably around your maintenance calories. If you're still gaining weight, you're above your maintenance. And if you're not, if you're losing weight, you're below your maintenance. You can also use a lot of calculators online to be like, I'm this height, this weight, this active. What's my maintenance calories roughly? It'll be pretty good. So there you go. If you do all the things I just said, you'll probably start seeing results around the eight to 10 week mark. And uh, other people might notice a week or two before you, but because uh, you're seeing yourself in the mirror every day. So it takes a bit longer for you to notice the differences. But again, that's really motivational. Take progress photos. Progress photos are a much easier way to see progress quicker and make it more concrete so you don't feel demotivated. And I just hope it's something that you are ready to do long-term, given what I talked about with how beneficial it is to your health. And uh, it's just such an important part of my life, and I'm so passionate about it. I'm so happy to be able to share it with other people, hopefully in a way that is not as toxic as I said a lot of the fitness industry can be. The way I say it is there's a really good quote that I like, which is that a healthy man wants a thousand things, whereas a sick man wants just one to get better, right? To feel better. And so your health is the basis of everything. It doesn't matter how rich you are if you're not healthy. It doesn't matter who you're married to if you're not healthy. It doesn't matter how much your kids love you if you're not healthy, right? If you cannot enjoy life and the simple things of just being around, existing, then it's going to be really hard to enjoy life. And so invest in your health, right? It is so, so, so important and so many people ignore it. And exercise is the best way to do it. I personally do it through lifting in the gym, but you can do it in whatever. It could be swimming, tennis, basketball. It doesn't matter. Uh, I just happen to do it through the gym, but do something to be active, please. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for watching. If you've watched up until this point, leave a comment below talking about how long you've been working out. And if you haven't worked out, let me know that too. Say that you're going to start. Uh, if you've enjoyed the episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below as it really helps. And if you're on any podcast platform, please give me five stars. As always, I'll see you in the next one.